With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Sir, I'm detecting a subspace message. I'll put it on speakers. Subspace. Dare to wander. My name is Jim Shooter, former editor-in-chief of Marvel, uh, also Valiant and other places. And I have to say, Mark Who at 42 is great. Welcome to Marku 42's Universe here on Subspace Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Baumgarten, and with me today is Vicki Jacobowski. Hey, Vicki, how's it going? It's a little cold. I was going to say, you just had another blizzard. Yeah, it's still snowing. Yeah, how many are we up to? I don't know. I've lost count. <laughs> Too many. <laughs> yeah, I, I might want to I mean... move to the Arctic Circle. I think it's warmer. I heard something about what twelve feet of snow in California. I know you're not in California, but twelve no, feet. Yeah, but of I'm snow? right next to it. Yeah. yeah, you're right next to it. That, wow. They, they they're getting on average a couple of feet every couple of days. It's insane, and it snowed in Disneyland last week. Oh, well, there you go. I, I bet it snowed at Gallifrey. Did it, <laughs> Did it snow now, at Gallifrey? No. No, because it didn't snow then yet. We got out of town before the snow started this last run. And so San Bernardino, San Diego, LA, Anaheim, all of them got snow. And they don't normally get snow. All right. Well, that's enough talk about the weather. We're, we, whether or not we talk about the weather is, is besides the point. I see that was one of those bad jokes I was warning uh-huh. our guests about. Um, so we have a great uh, set of guests today. One who's been on the show before and one brand new to the show. Uh, we're talking about a new comic book called Mad Girl. Here is the writer, Roger Gibson, and the artist who is from the 77, and we've had him on before, Andrew Richmond. Hi, guys. Hi, hello. Good, good afternoon, it's, good evening. The weather's good fabulous here. Is it? it, it it's, been, it's, it's been sunny, it's been hot. It's nice. been, um, we've been, I've been wandering around wearing trunks all day. It's, just, yeah. it's that hot. It's been, it's been like 85 it's degrees It's like the whole here. world is reversed. It's been about 85 <laughs> degrees in South Florida, so I'm, I hear you. It's been very hot. 120, warm. I think. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I, think I think that's irony. 
There you go. <laughs> no, seriously, what's it been? What's what's it been by you? Seasonably hot. It really has been hot. Oh, wow. It's freezing. <laughs> no, no, freezing. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm in South Florida. I have no concept. March, for God's sake. I have no concept of what everyone else is feeling. I'm just, it's hot. Well, two weeks ago, end of February, we were. I was walking around without a coat on because mm-hmm. it had got quite warm. Right. And then, as yep. Roger said, it's, it's mid-March, early March. Yeah. And threatening, threatening a cold snap. So we might get like a centimeter of snow if we're lucky. Oh. I, th- I think Vicky's very sympathetic with you. Yes, uh, a, a little centimeter of right snow. Right now, I have about um, six inches. So I don't <laughs> yeah. know how many centimeters this is. I'd have to do math. <laughs> too early I don't in the do math. I don't do math. Like, no maths. That sounds like it was Andrew's fault. Yeah, if he took his coat off. He was outside. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Only briefly, obviously. <laughs> no, well, you go outside no. to warm up, don't you? Just, you know, we're not allowed our heating on. Oh no, yeah, you don't. No, no, you got to got to make a lot of money to pay for heating over there. Um, yeah. Well, we've all got a lot of comic books and books, so you know, if it gets bad, we just have to compile. <laughs> Burning comic books? That's sacrilege. Yeah, no, you don't yeah, do that. Ten, that ten decos. Ten decos this evening. As he goes to fire. <laughs> and a Frank Miller. Oh. Sacrilege. Okay, yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, okay. But yeah. So, okay, well, let's get right into this. Uh, okay. First of all, let's hear a little about your backgrounds. Let's go with Roger first, since he's our newbie. What is your background? Um, you're on the spot. In, there, in what you? sense? Well, in what what uh, what you have you talk? done? What what have you in what, comics? What have you created? Things like that. Maybe about your childhood. We can learn. We can <laughs> analyze it. You know, <laughs> do a little put you on the couch. And... I'm a largely unknown. A person who's been working in comics for about 20 years off and on. Uh, the main thing that I would be known for um, is a comic called Parker. Okay. Which is a detective comic. Okay. That's. Uh, sorry, I thought you were talking me there. Which is a detective comic uh, which was first published by Titan Comics um, and has now gone over to Time Bomb. Who can you publish it? Side by the right one on that one. It's it's a fairly typical detective comic. Uh, it's a bit like Columbo crossed with I don't know the Sweeney crossed with various other things. It's a I love the Sweeney. Fairly un yeah that sort of thing. Um, so that's what some people, a few people, might know me for. Um, I also currently do a comic called Gravestar. Uh, which is self-published um, again with Vincent Danks with whom I do have that's going very well um, and Andrew is the artist currently on that one and uh, now Madgill before that there's, there's been all kinds of comments before that bits and pieces in there over the years but uh, that's kind of now um, what I'm uh, what I'm doing okay um, 
And, you know, I, I know that Gracetown, uh, it, you just uh, had a Kickstarter that ended uh, for that. Yes. And, and, and it looks fascinating, and I did miss i did miss it but i did go for mad girl so that's happening for me in the kickstarter andrew what is your background what what, what have you done in comics i i mean i know some of it but yeah go through it for our listeners who haven't heard i mean i've like roger i've been dabbling i mean i've been dabbling with comics since i was a kid and was doing small press and indie comics in the mid 80s and sort of early 90s and then kind of grew up a little which is weird you know you get into music and I then had kids and I sort of stopped doing comics and then every now and then I'd draw a couple and do some and self-publish and then I as I say I, I started to approach 50 and I thought right I really need to sort this out am I gonna do comics and when lockdown hit I found myself with a bit of time so I started doing my, well, I've been doing a daily sketch for 10 years, but I started to turn that into the comics. So I did a few Kickstarters, I think actually before lockdown. So I'd done Octobriana with John mm-hmm. Short, and who, who's an old friend of mine. And I did a couple of other sort of horror comics and stuff. And it was just dabbling. And then all of a sudden, I just got the, the taste for it. And I started, there was a comic called Future Quake in the UK, which was a 2000 AD fanzine. Okay, I've heard of Future Quake. Okay. That had the backing. Unfortunately, the, the editor died a couple of years ago. Um, and it stopped there because he had a, an unwritten deal with the publishers of 2000 AD that he could use all of the characters but not for profit. But when he unfortunately died, that was it. That was the, so I got to draw Judd Dredd, um, uh, Sprontium Dog, Judge Death, oh, all published. Yeah. They were published in the uh, fanzines. Um, I had three on the go. Uh, I, had, I think it was a rogue trooper. And I was in the middle of corresponding with him and he took his own life. Mm. This guy, it was just yeah not right for him and yeah so that stopped but then we carried up then i i heard from steve tanner of time bomb and i did a a short comic for his comic brawler called keiko panda which is a little sort of manga-esque one then the 77 and i did in issue two i did a short horror um for them and it started to build from there. And I got asked by Steve Tanner of Time Bomb if I'd like to color Harker. Mm. So I was the colorist on Harker for Roger. And that's how we sort of um, got to know each other. Mm-hmm. So I did coloring on that. And then with the 77, I sort of was the art editor on Blazer. And we've done three issues of Blazer. Yes. Then we did Pandora. And then this comic is haunted, which we're doing the second issue of um, this spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done uh, Gideon Gun, which is my own self-published thing that I did the end of last year, and I'm working on the second issue. We're doing Mad Girl. We've done. I was. We've now Roger and I have now got 
two issues of Gravestown in the bank. One of them is ready to be published. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Mad Girl. I'm still carrying on with my daily sketch concept. So <laughs> instead of doing a daily sketch, I'm doing a page of comics. Yeah. A day. That's that's amazing. Which is and, madness. Yeah. The quality. Yeah, I was going to say, when do you sleep, darling? Because <laughs> you have you have your full you have your daytime job and yeah. you're doing and you have your family. Yeah. And you have this. So I snatch probably an hour and a half in the morning. Mm-hmm. So I'll get up at five, come downstairs, and I do my all my drawings I do for the comics digitally on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Ah. So I can sit in the dark or whatever, nice and quiet, and it's portable. And then I'll grab two hours at night. If wow. not more, three hours. What, what's the difference between doing artwork uh, on paper and, and using pen and, and ink, and or pencil and ink, and doing it on the computer digitally? I, I think the quality would be there, would be more, would be better. Mm-hmm. On pen and ink, I prefer. I mean, I love drawing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I love painting and drawing, and you know, using pens and watercolors and stuff. As I said, I kept my sketchbooks, but it's the workflow. It's right. the fact that I can, as I just said, I can be anywhere. I can grab five minutes and continue the same drawing. I can be on a train. I can be in a car. You know, I can be in a a cafe, whatever, and I just you just get it out. And carry on. Whereas with pen and ink, you probably need to set up your your brush and your, you know, your watercolor set. And if you're doing yeah. plein air, so I do. A, I've done a lot of plein air, which means out in the open, uh, watercolors. So you sit on a bench and draw the building in front of you, or you draw some trees. Right. So that works. But because I'm I'm drawing comics, I have to keep it consistent. Yeah. So I just have this, it's just a, a workflow I've developed that really suits me. Some people prefer Wacom tablets or drawing in Photoshop, but I use Procreate. And also you can, you can get your references very quickly. So if I needed the reference, you know, I'd, I, I use all manner of things. So I can just take a photograph of my own hand, hmm. stick it on a layer, draw it, done. You know, it's a light box as well. So yeah. it's very yeah. fast. And it suits me. You know, it might not be, you know, if, well, I don't know. It suits me. It's the, uh, okay. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's like, you know, it's like a, if a musician yeah. has got his own home studio. Yeah. And it still sounds great. And it still does, you know, mm-hmm. if it suits them. You don't need to go into Abbey Road. Right. And have the full Philharmonic Orchestra. It's great if you do, you know, and you'll go and have great fun. But with this, it's because I've got limited time. I mean, I could now be talking to you and I could still be drawing. Wow. I've got my, I've got my iPad here and the Apple Pencil. Mm-hmm. And it, to me, it's, it's about workflow. It's about getting mm-hmm. the job done. And also I can do the coloring as well. The only thing I don't do on on it is the lettering. Oh, the lettering I'll I've tried. There is a function. Mm-hmm. I prefer on my laptop. I have InDesign and Illustrator. Oh, yeah, yes. I like Adobe InDesign products. Is Those good. are good. Yeah. So myself and my 
wife have subscribed to the cloud which is expensive mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes it's a creative cloud it's 50 quid a month or whatever it is but we've got that so i've got got it all set up there and i just do my lettering or panel borders or any sort of edge you know, if i need to clean up some artwork you just put it into photoshop um or you know if i had to add any effects that oversteps what procreate can do mm-hmm. so photoshop mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, and then I publish, when I've published books and comics before, I, I can then create the print-ready PDF yes. from InDesign. Right. So it's a, that's the publishing tool, if you like. That's yeah. the production tool. Mm-hmm. I can create all the artwork. I mean, some of the comics I've done recently, well, over the last year or two, I do individual frames, drawings, and then composite them together in InDesign. Oh, nice. You get lots of little, you can do it that way. But with the stuff I'm doing currently, I'm just doing the page, Mm -hmm. you know, the page layout on the iPad. And it just seems to work. I think you have to be very careful that you don't get. Astonishing. You don't get too carried away. I mean, mean, Andrew draws, we were talking pencils, inks, and colors. A uh, full comic in 24 days. Every wow. Yes. Yeah. Once he's done that, uh, it's enough for three issues now. 24 days to yeah. pencil, ink, and colour completely. Uh, and it's not fake such. because you, you send me the last bit of the script on the day I start, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like we've had it. very lazy. We had it <laughs> no, no, no. But it's like as soon as you give me the green light, I mean, we're, yeah. we've got, um, as we said, we've got Mad Girl um, live now on Kickstarter, right. but we've also got the next issue of Gravestown pretty much ready. And that's not going to be scheduled until later on in the month, next month, whenever. So I've bought myself a little bit of time. <laughs> so I've, I've got another collaborator that I work with, David Thomas. And we're coming up with something else exciting just so that I've got something to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got the, I'm keeping the, the home fires burning, as it were. Very much um, crashing with another, another Mad Girl any moment. So Mad Girl's mm-hmm. going to, yeah, as soon as Mad He's Girl hits. But I'm hoping I would have finished, by the time I've finished this project I'm working on, we'll be ready for Mad Girl. But also I've got a few other, um, so I've got Penny Pentagram for the 77 annual. Love Penny Pentagram. Yeah, so we do doing... one of my favorites. Oh right, but you've not. I mean, I I took it over and I've got two. Yeah. I've done her twice now. Yes. So I did her in Pandora and I did her in mm-hmm. um, in the annual. So we're doing the annual again. Uh, hopefully, Touchwood. No, uh, you will. You guys will. I I know you guys. Well, will. I don't know if I I don't know if I'm meant to be saying it. I've suddenly oh, oh, well, yeah. oh, you, oh, come on! I mean, really. it, it it's kind of obvious. <laughs> yeah, it you may not want to. You don't. You're not saying when it's going to happen. You're not no. saying. You know, you're just but saying it's going to happen. The, that's on the drawing board. Yeah. Okay. That's better. I it's like on that the drawing answer board, better. and hopefully yeah. I'll get commissioned to do it. There we go. Um, okay. okay. But it's strange. I've found that I've ended up drawing female characters all the characters i've been doing from octobriana have been women and 
yeah it's not it's not just sort of and they're all powerful women if you like and it's not just well it does get a bit rude doesn't it roger <laughs> there hey, are, um, there are I'm, a I'm fine with a powerful nonsense. woman Got no problems with that <laughs> i want to see more of them <laughs> oh you do see in in, in mad girl you definitely see yes. uh, feminine oh, uh, a, form yeah. but it's yeah, I mean, Roger and I. A little bit. It's no, it's no worse than some. I mean, something like Bridgerton. Yes, yeah. definitely. Like Bridgerton or yeah. um, Fifty Shades of Grey, which is even more a massive yeah. mainstream hit. Yeah. But that was about power and control, not just sex. The fact that she is so amazingly powerful. Um, yes. Uh, you know, with what you've sent um, us to look at, my reaction was, first of all, I could tell it was 60 inspired mm -hmm. from her costume to some of the bits. I felt a little bit of Emma Peel from the Avengers. Barbarella. Um, Barbarella. Uh, all of that. It, yeah. You felt that connection with that time period. He can't um, see his face, but Roger is smiling now. <laughs> because that's exactly what he's got in mind. You know, that was kind of my era of getting introduced um, to comic books. A lot of it came from the, the, the late 60s and the early 70s. And so I have a little nostalgia for it. And no offense, I just love any time a female is badass, kicks butt, and mm -hmm. runs things her own way. I just, I really appreciate uh, it because for me, it's like, uh, yes, is, that's what we're really uh, like. <laughs> Titanic Shield. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's supposed to be a Shield comic uh, mm, by yeah. Jim Stranko, uh, which is even more psychedelic. Yes. Uh, which is like a girl, which is sometimes a bit sexy, which maybe has Daleks in the background somewhere, <laughs> which maybe has. Yeah, I think the Daleks have taken you the over. The Daleks have taken well. over, folks. <laughs> we have we're, three of us are three of us are humanoid and one of us are a Dalek. Can oh. you guess which one? One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I'm a, I'm a massive Dot Two fan, so yeah, we'll talk about that in segment two as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I think with a, a lot of the stuff we do, I mean, I've. I've learned to be honest about my the things I love. So Hammer Horror, mm -hmm. Doctor Who, Quatermass. Yeah. 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 And I think you can't you can't just and because comics is so small, uh, even Marvel and all these guys, mm -hmm. if they mm -hmm. get twenty thousand sales, I think at the moment they're doing good, yeah. and mm -hmm. that's like. They would have been cancelled. Yeah. Right. I mean, we were talking something a million comics 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. Of Spawn and Spider-Man and all these sort of things. And now if they get, you know, probably 50,000, they're, they're laughing. So it's with what we can do, we can just do what we love. And if there's 50 people, 100, 500 people that get it, yes. that's fantastic. You know, you don't have to be playing to the, you know, the masses. Let's hope there's a few like-minded people that get what we're doing. I, I remember black and white comics, and and it's it's nice that it, what you guys are doing is in that vein with color. But, but also, if you go back slightly earlier, you've oh, got well, Warren, you've got the Warren comics, mm -hmm, yes, and Skywald, yeah, 
and I'm yes, sort of quite so, yes. massively yeah. obsessed with yeah. those quite bad. I mean, and I love you... them. I, the fact that they were creating these mental comics. Yeah. <laughs> they were publishing tens of thousands of them, like right. newsprint. You know, all the 2000s and the Eagle and the, you mm -hmm. know, all, all that old stuff was black and white. And I, they're amazing. You don't need color. No, but what I mean with, with the, the Skywald and the story, the Skywald comics were pushing some bizarre envelope about mm -hmm. the horror mood. Yeah, have you come across them? Have you come uh, across no, not, no, no, I have not. So it was that one Psycho Nightmare, um, no. and it was a guy called Al Hewitson, mm -hmm. um, and he was, it was, it was mental. If you can pick them up. You know, they're probably quite expensive collector's items now. Mm. Um, but beautiful, crazy comics. Um, one of the one of the strips is called The Victims. And it's just two two women that were just victims. Wow. <laughs> we don't want to be a victim of our uh, of nope. our advertisers here. We we have to be nice to them. So we're gonna take a break here on uh, Subspace Radio here on Mark Who 42's Universe. When we come back, we are going to have a lot more with Roger Gibson and Andrew Richmond. I'm sorry, cutting you off, Andrew, but we just we have to pay our bills. I'll be right back after this. If you love comics, you'll love the titles from the 77 Publications Limited. The 77 Comic voted the best UK indie comic of 2020. They have something for everyone from Blazer, Pandora, and This Comic is Haunted. If you want scintillating sci-fi, thoughtful fantasy, and creepy horror, you should check out the best of British and international creators. They're also a comics community, so pop over to the 77 Comic group on Facebook and see more of their titles over at the77comic.net. Don't go away. Don't go away. We'll be back with more Mark Who 42 after this. Uh, stand by, Houston. We are receiving signals from subspace. You are listening to Mark Who 42's Universe. Welcome back to more of Mark Who 42's Universe here on Subspace Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Baumgarten, and my co-host today is Vicki Jakabowski. And we are talking to Roger Gibson and Andrew Richmond of the new comic, Mad Girl. So Andrew started a little bit with kind of what inspires him yeah. but i want to know from both of you so basically what in your messed up childhoods um what in your nostalgia back pocket um kind of led you to these themes that you have in your comics and what you're doing with your life now because it's obvious um, you guys have this love I must have been five or six, and my granddad bought me Dracula Lives comic mm. and Planet of the Apes comic. Ooh. So they're advertised Ooh. on telly, and they were the British reprints. And that's where it started. And I didn't realize I was reading Mike Plug and Gene Colan and all these guys. And also, there's another comic called Monster Fun. Which yeah. is a British <laughs> oh, IPC. I with, love Monster Fun. Yeah, with um, Gums and Frankie Stein and Teddy Scare. Didn't they just bring that back? Yes. They, they, yeah, they just it's brought Monster Fun back. Yeah. Now. Rebellion. They're going monthly with it. Yeah. 
it's going monthly I, I subscribe because you know I love comics and if there's a new British comic I jump on it there you go but yeah so that's that was it and they happened to be horror comics and that started they my had some love. And then Ken Reed working monster and then also 2000 AD dropped in the you know in the mid 70s and again that was advertised on telly so we yeah. saw the advert went to the and I got prog one you know and with the um with the space spinner that went straight over the yeah went straight over the yeah the <laughs> lost it did, did um, you have did you have the stickers from yeah, Prague yeah, 2? The bionic, the, the bionic. Um, did they stick to did they not come off your arm? I think they just fell off. Oh, they fell off? We didn't even have hairs, were we? We were, only, we were only like eight. So we were like little little kids. You just yeah. put them on and they crackled off and fell off. And then there was also like a little um a wallet that mm -hmm. would tell you if there was radiation and yeah. But that was, I mean, that was full of cowboys and dinosaurs and, you know, robots and, you know, the one that baffled me a little bit, which I didn't really understand, was Bill Savage. Um, yeah, yeah. Just because Invasion it wasn't, was... it was, it was quite highbrow sci-fi. Mm -hmm. It was about what could happen. Yeah. It wasn't about monsters. It was about the invasion of russia you know russia you know the Vol well, uh, volgans Vol the you Vol can't say you can't say what you said they're volgans well the first issue i know the first have, issue they did say it but they then they changed out it. yeah they took yeah. out all of the you know the creator the volgs yeah. um yeah. <laughs> the original concept was the r word yeah yeah no no um, i i got you. you can say that word but i'm just saying they couldn't they didn't say it in the comic no, um but no, yeah no, no. i thought i I actually like Savage. I I was yeah, I was good but as a that. kid when you're little and you're reading. That's a good you know, point. I didn't read Harlem it when Heroes I was little. Was brilliant. I, I was oh, already I was already older. You know, and then they had this accident, and one of their men had a you know he, he was a brain in a jar. Yeah, he was like cool and like um, Mac One was Mac One. Oh, man. the six million dollar man, Mac yeah, One. Yeah, six million dollar man yeah and that sort of stuff so that's where it all started and that's where it got a little bit warpy um and then Sounds perfectly the, normal to me but then um... in the early 80s we were very lucky that a guy quit his job and started writing comics and that was alan moore mm. so alan moore and i was lucky enough to you know i was reading a lot of marvel uk and he was reviewing comics. Mm. I think before he was properly published in in in, in comics, because he was still he was doing uh, for a music paper. Um, I think for sounds. And then he just started to break, and it was incredible. You know, wow. when I when I was picking up Swamp Thing, and Warrior, and all these sort of comics, and they were legitimate good stories it wasn't for kids uh, i mean i would have been 13 or 14 by then and that was that's the journey and then it just kept you know three or four years later did watchmen and we were i was by i bought watchman number one and read it a month later watchman number two and it took a year 
so it was almost you know i don't think there was there's been entertainment of, of 12 things like that at yeah. the time no it wasn't a collected book we had to wait <laughs> i i bought them month by month yeah, yeah month well, by I, month. you know I, I can't say month by month they were late sometimes so it was actually yeah. more than a year it was probably yeah i think it was right. late it took longer than a year and i you know I've, I've not looked into it but i don't think dave gibbons had an assistant a lot of guys uh. had assistants but i think he did it all himself Oof. and that's yeah i excuse I mean, his lateness we, then yeah we talk about our you know <laughs> doing 24 pages well i suppose 20 i suppose what Roger and I do in a quite is quite <laughs> yeah, but how many panels were on a page in Dave Gibbons' art? There were nine, pages, so that's nine, a lot yeah. of art. Nine, that's a lot he of had art. a nine panel grid, but then yeah. he'd break it every now and then. Yeah, uh, it would be a splash that's page. A lot of art, yeah. Um, a lot of work, and it was incredibly. I mean, very detailed. Obviously, well. I mean, Dave Gibbons did the Doctor Who weekly as well yeah which oh, is another yeah. thing that yeah. we picked up in the you know sort of mid-70s i actually know? i actually picked up doctor who weekly kind of right when it started i yeah. I, I, we, yeah. I was able i went to some conventions and they started uh having them there so i picked them up i i had the, the from issue one the, the rub on uh sticker rub on uh yeah. Uh, I don't have them anymore, and I'm like, oh god, my issues no longer mint because I don't have them anymore. <laughs> we didn't think about mint. I broke the cardinal we rule our, when our, we were in our teens or our twenties. The concept of something being mint or yeah. in box yeah. was just not important. No. And now, as adults, we go, oh, if only I had done this. Yeah, I mean, imagine my mother if you had, had not thrown away my comic book collection when I was in high school. Imagine if you had <laughs> issue one of 2000 AD with the space oh, with yeah. the space spinner attached to it. Imagine how much would that be worth? It's not. It's well, no, no, no. In with the spinner mint condition, it might be worth a, a little bit. A well, pounds, that's enough. Probably. That's enough for me right now. But that's I will affordable. Take, yeah, it's affordable. I remember back I mean, in the 60s when Power Comics used to be out. And Power Comics were like British Marvel. They reprinted British Marvel Comics. Do a Dalek voice. Yeah, it's time for a Dalek to appear on our show. Congratulations uh, and welcome. Oh, Sorry. God. Sorry. Just... It, it just crackles strangely. Yeah. How is it now? That's perfect. Okay, guys. I'm fine, darling. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> They're up there. They're floating in the stratosphere. <laughs> yeah. Because they, they can go upstairs and they can with fly us. now. They can fly now. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, um, I, you know, the old comics were uh, really important to me when I was growing up. And um, uh, the British comics, you know, I'm in America, but we, we we started having comic stores. I actually subscribed to 2000 AD from my comic store, not brought over, but you know, and I had access to a lot of British so Marvel UK. I had a lot of that, and uh, it's just amazing what came out then and what you know was available. 
I remember the first time I visited a comic shop. Um, I think there were only two in the UK at the time. Uh-huh. There was one called Dark Side Road and Golden Eye, which I never went into. And then there was Forbidden Planet in London. Forbidden Planet, yes. Uh, I used to go there. Right. The Flew over. Yeah. 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 The original one in Denmark Street. Yeah, yeah um, I think that's the one I went to in 1985. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a very small shop. Yes. So, uh, but they had a lot of stuff. They were small. They had a lot of stuff. Yeah. Loads of stuff. They actually opened the... one up in New York at one point. No, it's a, there's a chain of them. You know, most right. cities in the UK. But isn't it true planet. that it's not this, that, that like it's a one of them is a different company? It's franchise. Yeah. That's what it yeah. is. Okay. Yeah, it's Forbidden Planet International and mm-hmm. FP something or other. Gotcha. So <laughs> most major cities, Bristol has one, Southampton has one. Um, and then I think Birmingham has a, a subsidiary worlds apart i think which is tied into the fp i think but yeah but when you go in it's just it's just a, a treasure trove of toys yeah. and you have to go right down to the back into the dungeon <laughs> comics yes um you go to a, where there was even more hidden stuff down in the darkness to the basement. Keep going, yeah. yeah. Keep going down. <laughs> Keep finding that door on your hands and knees. Go through every single yeah. door you can find. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> when I was there in '85, I must have uh, took. I must have took a whole suitcase full of stuff back from Forbidden Planet over here. <laughs> I left clothes in England so I can that, bring uh, stuff that's not necessary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but with the going back to the Marvel UK stuff, okay. what what's interesting, I think what uh, the American market of discovering now is that a lot of them, those redrawn pages and panels, mm-hmm. so there's additional yeah. art. Oh, but I mean, in in Planet of the Apes, they ran out of stuff. So I think they took... um, Do you remember, Roger, which one it was? Um, Killraven. They took Killraven, and they pasted on ape face. The Herb Trim ones. On the Herb Trim. Oh, wow. To make Killraven suddenly turn... He was fighting apes because we ran out of... It's known... It's known colloquially as Ape Raven now. (laughs) (laughs) But also, interestingly, there's a British pop band called the Pet Shop Boys. Um, Oh, come on. Like, we don't know them? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, Neil Tennant (laughs) was an editor at Marvel UK in the 70s. He was, yeah. Yeah, so if you get your old Captain Britain comics mm-hmm. or whatever, his name is at the bottom, and he left. Yeah. He left Marvel UK to go to work for Smash Hits. So Smash Hits was a pop magazine, right? Um, and he started doing demos and stuff. 
and then he became the Pet Shop Boys. But yes, yeah, so he started his career editing Marvel. <laughs> I love speaking, that. Speaking of Pet Shop Boys, you probably weren't at the concert, but did you watch on BBC One them playing Glastonbury last of course, year? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, because I saw that. I have a I have a, a service yeah. called TV Mucho. We have we it basically I, um, pays the tax in England, so I get to watch it legitimately. I was watching it with my wife, and I mean, I'm not that fussed by, but I think I've come to an age now where if there's a band performing with that's got a level of song, Iron Maiden, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yes, just it might not be your genre, but you go, wow. So yeah. with the Pet Shop Boys, I was like, "Well, where's Chris Lowe?" Where he was he? right. He was. He was. I where's think he was Chris in Lowe? the. He was in and, the back doing something because they Christina they lost their sound my wife system. Said, "Oh, I think there was a problem." So do yeah. you think they're being clever? No, no. I think it was the problem. I think they said in the paper that it there was a sound problem in the back. They were doing all their thing, and then they lifted the screen, and they got he, a massive, yeah. crazy sci-fi band mm-hmm. of people doing stuff yeah. and rattling out tune after tune. Um, interestingly, the Glastonbury thing, they're changing the name of the John Peel stage. Oh, yeah? Because apparently he was dodgy, and I never realised. Don't wow. you come across John Peel? John Peel? Yeah, I've yeah. been watching Top of the Pops on BBC4 lately, so yeah. I come across John yeah. Peel so all he's the time. On, so yeah. The Jimmy Savile ones, they don't show. Oh, but okay. apparently John Peel, uh-huh. you scratch the surface, and he married an American girl when she was 15. Uh-huh. I 16. didn't know that. I, well, um, however, in some states in the United States, that this is, is exactly totally right. legal. That's what you said. Just because it's legal does not <laughs> just mean it's legal right. doesn't mean it's right. No, no, no. I Yes, I'm just saying that Okay. And I was like, I've never come across <clears throat> this. And apparently it's just started to break again. Uh-huh. But the wow. Glastonbury are saying it's not because of that. They're just changing the name of the stage. And Do I'm you know like, what they're changing it to? Something like the Westfield or something generic. I, I forget. Something Generic's that, usually safe. Something safe. The generic stage. I like that. That's what but I'll it's call like, it. Really? Because John Peel is, yeah, he he, wow. you know, the face of modern music was shaped yeah. by John Peel, yeah, famously, um, or curated it. But anyway, we we digress. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, there's a saying: don't ever meet your heroes. No, no. Um, I have a question, and it's something we ask of uh, Ben at the 77 and stuff. Why Kickstarter? I guess this is for Roger. Why Kickstarter? Um, it's the easiest way to uh, raise a lot of money quite quickly, I found. Okay. A- Andrew, do you have the same opinion? Well, I've done several Kickstarters. But the last couple of things I published, so I published an art book by a comic artist called David Roach, mm-hmm. and I self-funded it. And we launched it at Lawless, which was the um, British Comic Con last year, and made the print back within an hour. Nice. To pay straight away. And I've done a comic called Gideon Gun 
um, which I launched last, well, three months ago, and again, self-funded it. And through Facebook and through a few, through Comic-Con and whatever, got the money back. So it swings and roundabouts. If, like, like Roger's saying, where there's a few of us involved, and we say, right, well, we need to, you know, you put a lot of work in, but if it's your own time and you can find 500 pounds to sort out some print, which, you know, I'm an adult, I've got a little bit of money. But yeah, so Kickstarter is, but it is a roller coaster ride, as, as myself and Roger know, because we hit Target with Mad Girl, at the, I think it was at the weekend, and it went down again. So it drops. So someone would have right. pulled out and then it goes back up again. But so you can actually like pull out of Kickstarter? I didn't, know you could, well. I didn't know you could pull yeah. out of Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. That sucks. Yeah, you can be a jack. You've, you've, you've committed you your money. You you've said, I'm going to do money. this, and yeah. then you pull it out. Yeah. I think even with the 77, I think yeah. they had a couple of idiots right. that pledged a lot of money, and then they just went, Wow. Out, and wow. It goes, How would you do that? That's just it's it it um personally We're a small I think community and there are some people that can be unfair. yes you know in in fandom as as everybody knows it can be a lot of yeah yeah <laughs> exactly well said <laughs> maybe a lot of rivalry a lot of jealousy a lot yeah of, yeah but what's nice about this, whether you do the full self-funding route or you do the Kickstarter route, it's it's a way that you can, uh, it's a concept in a way that you can do your art, actually get some payment yep. for it, yep. that up until fairly recently, even in our lifetimes, yep. you, you know, for the first half of our lifetimes, you had to go the old fashioned route. You had to get hired by these companies. You had to convince them of your work. And it may be decades before you get anywhere, or your characters get anywhere. And this way it's your dream. It's the way you want it presented. Yeah. Um, you, you're not doing everything by committee. And I mean, the comics that, that we publish, you can put on the shelf in a comic store you yes. can't tell the difference exactly you can't right. i mean if we put a copy of gravestown or harker mm-hmm. um it, it belongs it fits it belongs it it fits it looks it's shiny professional you know the the print is even shiny <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know the, it might be a little bit edgier or not as not as slick but I, I mean, I, the underground or whatever you want to call it. I right. mean, I, I love all, obviously, all, all I forms of comics. I remember in um, the 80s, because um, uh, I used to get my comic books from the um, Post Exchange, which was the stores on, on military bases. And, you, you know, very limited selections and then I moved to Hawaii and I went to Jelly's, which was my store. And it was for everything. It You got 
um, records, you've got comic books, you've got Strange and Unusual, mm-hmm. um, you, you got your copy of Rocky Horror Picture Shows straight from Korea, wow. and um, <laughs> and it introduced a wider market to me, but it, it was just, it was amazing, and there were many self-published, but of course, in the late 70s and early 80s, much of the self-publishing world was not the same quality. You know, you might be able to do it on newsprint. It, it might be, you know, okay. The stories might be great, but trying to get it published and trying to pay for that and all of that was so difficult and so onerous that people just, the, the options weren't there. And now thanks to both technology and, um, the way we do things now, I was just having this conversation with somebody else. You can do so much more. And so we get better talent now. We don't have to wait decades for you to have convinced somebody at Marvel or DC or some other big comic brand that my story deserves it. And you get to tell it the way you wanted it. Yeah. People just don't realize how groundbreaking that is i mean Uh, it's a true independent spirit yes you know we haven't had that in a very long time you know it's nice to get paid for your work as well it's like if you're in a band and you play a pub and you get a hundred quid and you have to divvy it up between the Mm -hmm. five of you yeah Yeah. you're a professional musician but you've made 15 20 quid (laughs) um yeah, uh, or you've, or like the Blues Brothers, you drink the bar dry, yeah. and then you end up owing the, <laughs> you owing them, and that's more like what we end up doing. But yeah, it's it's just this <laughs> fascination with creating, and then we get a little token yeah. at the end. You know, people it's a step appreciate in the right direction. Do. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not a living wage. It's not something that you can you're gonna shout about but it's there for years we were doing it for free for the love of it yes yeah. right because of kickstarter yeah you get enough just to you know you get some do re me to not to buy yourself to. a new apple pencil <laughs> so you don't have to pay out of pocket is you know you're not yeah. you're, you're getting some compensation you're getting some for your time and your yeah. supplies um I mean, no, I was going to say, I, I want to interrupt here because we, we are running out of time here on Subspace Radio Network. But before we go, I, I do want to uh, plug your Kickstarter campaign. So let me yes. just say, because I think my my voice is clearer at the moment. Okay. I'm, I'm probably more Cyberman than, than Dan. <laughs> oh! So it's currently running on Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. It's a full color comic. You, if you're in the States, you can obviously get it as a PDF. You can get a digital download uh-huh. because sending from the UK to the States at the moment might be a bit touch and go, but you can obviously pledge for the for the physical comic. We, we do mail that. And I do suggest to get the physical comics because when they arrive, they are beautiful. Yeah. The production <laughs> and the you know, of of Aerial Press's work is is fantastic. 
so the Kickstarter is live. It's going, you know, we want as many people to back us to support us because as we are just saying, we're not doing it for, for charity. You know, the more people that read it, the better. Because I think we've got a, you know, there's a, it's lightning in a bottle. I mean, what Roger's creating is fantastic sci-fi and fantasy and horror and storytelling and should be supported. And as we said, independent. And it's stuff that you can't get elsewhere. Nice. I mean, when, when Emma in, in, Gravestown, Emma Ultra that we're doing mm-hmm. currently. When I was drawing it, because we work marble method, I'm like, really? This is a bit rich. And then Roger explains. <laughs> and go, oh, right. So that's that's why we've got six pages of this very good stuff. Um <laughs> that might be banned in some states. Um but it's you know it's fantastic to draw. <laughs> All right, and where yeah. can they go? Where can they go to uh, fund this? Kick, help fund this Kickstarter. So if you go to Kickstarter and look at Mad Space Girl, it's a Mad Girl, two words, it should come up. All right, should be well, simple, simple yeah. as that. Put on okay. as well. Thank Put you guys. Thank you, guys. Cheers, guys. Uh, we want you to stick around for bonus time. Can you stay for the extended for the podcast version? Yeah, pleasure. All right. My pleasure. Oh, so yeah. let me let everyone know here on Subspace Radio that that's all the time we have. I want to thank Roger Gibson, Andrew Richmond, my co-host, Vicky Jakubowski, and myself, Mark Brown. Yes, I want to thank myself. Uh, we'll be back next week with a brand new show. But please go to the Marku 42s Universe podcast. So you can hear more of this conversation that we're going to have not exists not on Substance Radio. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Marku 42's Universe featuring Mark Baumgarten, Eduardo M. Fryer, Vicky Jakubowski, and Zion Kuros. This show was produced and directed by Mark Baumgarten. If you'd like to get in touch with us, go to our Facebook page or email us at markhu42s.universe at gmail.com. Our radio show airs weekly on Subspace Radio Network at www.subspace.radio and on iHeartRadio. You can listen to our old shows at our website, markhu42.com and many podcast platforms such as iTunes, Audible, and Pandora. And if you want to hear shows dating back to 2012 with over 150 celebrity interviews, try our YouTube page, Marku42. Marku42's Universe, copyrighted 2023. Subspace. Dare to wonder.